Welcome to Drinking With Authors. I am your host, Erica Lance, and today is a very special and yet epically cool episode because I have some of the people featured in the Misplaced Adventures. So welcome, welcome, welcome. No co-host today. Everybody's waving. That's okay. There's audio too. It's fine. They're all waving. It, we're Okay. We're already starting off awesome. Okay. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Normally I'd screw this up. It's deep. Oh. I was going to say, is this first part primarily a an audio thing? It's both. It's audio okay. video. Okay. But do you, do you air it as an audio only, this portion? Both. both. Yeah. Okay. Okay. It's by media. <laughs> For us Wait, bisexuals who like bicycles. Right. There you go. There we go. I think we should probably talk about what we're drinking now. Okay. Um, so I I think I think technically what I'm drinking is a white Russian, but um it's it's I don't think white Russian. Russian. Now it's Bailey's and chocolate milk, so I'm not sure what that qualifies as. It's I think it is if it is would be qualified as um Russian, it would have to have vodka. I think if it has Baileys and chocolate milk, it is just child Saturday morning breakfast cereal beverage in Ireland. I never thought go. about putting this in breakfast cereal. That would actually be kind of awesome. Now that Jump you on your lucky mentioned it to me, yeah, I'm yeah, going to probably show, do that. So my breakfast cereal milk, that is what I am drinking. <laughs> Jen, what are you drinking? Okay, I have a story behind what I'm drinking. Um so we've spent 20 years in the military, uh, moving every two to three years. We don't, uh, we, we end up being homeless in between moves while we're, 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 while we're searching for a new place to live. Uh, so my husband just got out of the military. We got to Atlanta yesterday and we're buying a house and we're going to settle down and try and be like normal people, which we'll probably fail at, but that's okay. Um, so I've got four kids and whenever it's Christmas or New Year's or we're celebrating something, we end up drinking Martinelli's. So I've got like my little baby Martinelli's, if you could see the size of them. Oh my gosh, it's cute. cute and tiny. So, so that's our like fancy wine. That size, you don't have There's to share that. I know, I, you yours. know what? That too. <laughs> Still all yours. All for me. Yeah. All for you. Double fisting it. I like <laughs> there it. There you go. I like it. I like it. Okay, Tracy, what are you drinking? Um, I am a little bit more, I'm not as fun as you guys. So I just had to get my generic little kilt lifter. It's a that? Scottish style Amber ale. I believe this might be Arizona an Arizona brew. So I like kilt lifter here. though. That sounds kind of awesome. Cause we all know what's under those kilts. Right. Okay. Never know. Nothing. <laughs> sounds, that sounds oh like gosh. a premonition there. Of, of when you drink that, you like end up with no clothes on or something. I don't know. Probably. If that is the case, I will be buying some immediately. If that is an option, a if that particular beverage, just kidding. Sam, what are you drinking? Uh, I I am drinking a version of an old fashioned. I almost want to share a story I know about kilts from back when I used to act at the Ren Fair, but this one has a slight story as well. Um, so I'm a teacher at an alternative school, and the particular recipe for this old fashioned I got from the restaurant where we had our Christmas party this year. And um, when we went, you know, you only get one chance to shock your coworkers and then they know that that's you and they don't, they expect it. Uh, So I generally like look like this, like hair up in a clasp, no makeup, dress kind of like an eccentric frumpy witch most of the time. 
Um, that's just kind of the cat lady vibe that I give off to the kids. I crochet when they're working independently, so I don't bug them. And so when it was time for the Christmas party, it's like, all right, there's only one kid on campus I can change. And I changed into like this skin tight, off the shoulder, sexy red dress, put on my makeup, let my hair down. Then I had to like shuffle around with a jacket over my shoulders because I didn't want a kid to see like my cleavage. Um, and then afterwards, I show up at the restaurant where we're having the Christmas party. Multiple coworkers did not recognize me. <laughs> Um, because it was a party and there were no children around, I was fucking cussing like I do. <laughs> and it was, and, uh, they were serving this drink and I was just knocking them back left and right. And I had some coworkers who had like half of what I was having and they were trash. And I was like, yeah, I'm still good. And, um, the delight at the shock, <laughs> oh, they're like, who the fuck are you? What happened to the cat lady? I love that you gave yourself a Christmas present in that. Yeah. Uh, we also named my drunk self. Her name is Bonnie Lass. Ooh, I like it. I like it. Okay. So before we get into misplaced adventures, I would like each of you to talk a little bit about what you do and what you write or what parts you have in this. So I'm going to start with you, Tracy. Begin. Um. So I am... I was the developmental editor for both Jen and Chelsea. Um, I got to read both of their amazing stories. And it's kind of funny because I know the world. Um, I've read Kevin Petaway's story, like where it all started. And it's so interesting that it just, you can feel the similarity, but so they're so different. And I don't know if you guys have read each other's work yet, but I can't wait for you to do it because I feel like you, your two characters could be best friends. So I'm really excited about that. But that's my role in Misplaced Mercenaries. I'm kind of going off on a tangent about their work. Um, I'm a developmental editor for Cursed Dragonship Publishing, um, not only with Misplaced Mercenaries, but I've done some of their other books. Um, I write as well. I'm a fantasy author, writer, um, YA and adult. Very cool. And what are what are your series? This is slightly shameless self-promotion. Yeah, so, so, uh, so. <laughs> um, my current work out there right now is Sarah the Salaryman Slayer. And it is a um 16-year-old exchange student who lives abroad in Japan. And she accidentally opens up the gates of hell and she has to try and fix it and put things back with the help of um, a demon that she meets who doesn't really want to be partnered up with her, but together they have to basically fix her problem. I love that. I love that. That sounds like so much fun. Jen, what about you? Okay. What was the question again? How did I get started with misplaced mercenaries or what I do with them? No, the, your, your part with them and then about you in general. Okay. My part with them is I'm one of the authors, um, of this place, uh, the misplaced adventures universe, um, has started with Kevin Petway and they've invited other authors to come and write in this world, um, their own individual series with their own characters. So I've got the first book in the expanded universe, um, coming out in like a week and a half on the 25th, um, of July. So, well, that's probably going to be past tense by the time this airs, but um, yeah. So One Good Eye is the name of the first book. 
in my Heady Stormheart series. Um, and that is the first uh, series that's coming out after Kevin Petway's initial series. Okay. And what about you in general? Um, I have four kids that I homeschool. I'm a military brat and a military veteran and a military wife, and we travel around a lot. Um, and so my writing ends up being very sporadic, um, but I, I write to deadline. So I tend to write uh, whenever there's something due. Um, so I've done a lot of short stories and I've got uh, eight short stories published in, in various anthologies that you can find on genbear.com, my website. It's got a list of randomness. Um, three of those are with Cursed Dragonship Publishing, um, who is putting out this series. So, Very cool. Okay, Sam, over to you. Uh, so I am writing, um, my book is called Beer for My Corpses, which is a riff off that delightful country song. And uh, the premise is essentially you have a swamp witch who runs a bar in the middle of a swamp but she's not a witch. She's a con artist, but also she's not a very good con artist because she's really stupid and ends up getting herself into quite a lot of trouble, which she is keeping from her kitchen girl, who is her best friend and confidant and sort of partner in crime. And things just escalate and get worse for her when zombies appear in the swamp. Um, because of course she's the witch. She's supposed to fix it, but she can't. Um, I ended up coming to Curse Dragonship. I'd actually met Kelly, um, the editor, a couple of times uh, through my agent, who is a friend of hers. And uh, I ended up being recommended to this, I would say in part because my I have a lot of short stories published um, through some micro, through some small presses that are now gone um, and a couple of and articles here and there. But um I had a novel come out in 2020 through Macmillan. It failed miserably because Macmillan does not believe in marketing. And um, uh, they do believe. You don't say. Weird. <laughs> Literally, my ex-brother-in-law, when I got the publishing deal, he was just like, I'm so happy for you. You are working for an evil empire, but I'm so happy for you. Uh, so after the book failed, I kind of spiraled and was just workaholic, like boom, 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 got to write constantly hyper productive. Um, and then coming up with ideas constantly, kind of like I was trying to make up for the failure to the point where I think I was driving my agent a little bit nuts. Um, and so she recommended me to curse dragonship because she knew I had the energy for it. Um, and, uh, I'm sort of writing for this in tandem with independent projects, which I think has helped my agent to catch her breath. And yeah. it's been interesting because most of what I write is young adult fiction and it's generally a very dark and kind of philosophical and, uh, psychological and dealing with trauma. And this series by contrast is way more comedic than what I usually write. And it's obviously for an adult audience, which I haven't really done before. So it's it's been a very fun challenge. Awesome. I would also say that I don't think your book failed. I think they failed you and how to handle it because it's not just them. It's you have to learn that you have to market your book because unless you're in there, 
top 0.1%, they're not going to do anything for you. So, well, the imprint. Um, so I will say two months after the book came out, like even at my, um, my friends threw me an unpublished party, kind of like a bachelorette party, but for an author. Oh, okay. Um, I like celebrate, this theory. Yeah, to celebrate my last night uh, being unpublished. And it was a fantastic party. But even during the party, I was like, guys, this book's not going to do well. I can tell from what they've been doing lately with the pandemic and all. And um, yeah, uh, two months after the book came out, they said, we're not going to consider any sequels. And uh, then within another three months, the imprint was under. While they had been telling us the whole time, uh, everything's fine, everything's fine, everything's fine, but everything clearly was not fine. Uh, the other authors saw the writing on the wall. I kept going, I'm sure it's fine, I'm sure it's fine, and trusting it. I was wrong, um, they were right, the imprint went under. And I think that's one thing I really like about Cursed Dragonship is even though I know me coming in um, being agented made things really stressful and complicated for Kelly. She still, she has a vision that she wants to stick to and that she wants to push forward, which is a real collaborative effort on all levels of um, the publishing house. And I think that's, frankly, especially when you consider the strikes going on right now, a well-needed breath of fresh air and something that just the entertainment industry in general needs right now. I agree. And it's great to hear more publishing houses like this because there are, there are several out there. They're, they're, we're smaller. I have a publishing house. We're smaller. We're picking up, but there's definitely, I think now a lot more that understand the community vibe and understand that this is something all artists need to be, you know, recognized and a part of. And I, 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 and I think it's true, you know, obviously these tankers don't move quickly, but I think the industry is changing because of self-publishing and smaller presses and stuff. It's no longer a cute little nuisance thing that the publishing companies could be like, this is a nuisance, like book talk and TikToks and things like this are taking people who normally would not get recognized because the authors and other people are getting smart to oh, wait, I can do this and actually get myself out there more than HarperCollins and Macmillan and Simon and Schuster. Like I can get myself in front of audiences. So um, I, I do hope you republish whatever book that was, but. Uh, there is a hope with a certain uh, micro press that my agent and I both very much love, but we'll see what happens. Very cool. There's also independent publishing. Okay, throwing that out there. Now let's move on. So um, you guys came together to do this, right? Um, which is amazing. But let's talk a little bit about your journey and how you got here. So Jen, you said you, you know, homeschool, bless you, because I was, I was homeschooled. I understand this dynamic completely. And there was only two of us. So I can't imagine with four of us. Um, so what made you decide you wanted to start writing? Um, okay. This is, this is kind of a weird story, but, um, I, I've always been a big reader. Um, when I was 18, I decided like, oh, it'd be fun to write a story. 
Um, and I didn't know anything about writing. And so I thought you come up with an idea for a character and then you start making them do things. They wander around, they have adventures, whatever. I wrote a couple chapters maybe and was like, I have no idea where this character is going. Maybe I'm just not a writer. So I put it down. Uh, 10 years later, when I was about 28, I went to an Orson Scott Card uh, boot camp on writing. And I thought, yeah, let's be a writer. Um, and so I did the same thing. I came up with a character and I and I had him do different things, you know, for a few chapters and, and it just didn't go anywhere. And I'm like, I, I have no idea where this book is going. I must not be a writer. <laughs> and then another 10 years later, uh, this was about five years ago, um, my husband was deployed and I was losing my mind, just kind of like dealing with all the stuff. Uh, during the day. So at night I would um, kind of therapeutically try and try and write a, I, I thought let's do a, a kind of a shorter book, like a kid's book, middle grade, maybe 50,000 words or so. And let's um, let's start with an outline. So I outlined and I, and I probably spent five days trying to figure out what is going to be the end of the book because that's, I need somewhere to be working towards. Um, and I figured that out and I wrote the book um, in, in probably like a month or less. The husband got back and I was like, hey, I wrote this book and it was super fun, just just for kicks. And he's like, hey, that's bad for our first book. You should you should uh, try and uh, try and be a professional writer. So I, I look for writing seminars or something. I'm like, I need to learn like more. There's there's stuff I don't know. Have you have you heard of the Dunning-Kruger effect? No, but no. OK, so the Dunning-Kruger effect says whatever you know, as far as the knowledge you, you know, if this is the knowledge, you know, then there you you touch on the things that you don't know. Right. I was wondering. Yeah. Where I, we're I going knew that this. you were going to do that. Yeah. CM. I, OK, so there's I'm there's sorry, you're touching I'm more. The circumference is the stuff you don't know. And the more you know, the bigger that circle gets and the more you understand how much you don't know. So I already knew that I didn't know much. So I signed up for one that was um, like a six hour drive away. It was in Colorado Springs. I'm sure you know which one this is, but it was Superstars Writing Seminar. And I went there and learned all these things that I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that was a thing. Um, and so by the time I left, um, Tra Tracy knows this is this is how most new people feel is that uh, like your brain's going to explode. Like you've you've been drinking from the water hose or the fire fire hose is what they say. So I learned all the things that I didn't know. And so then uh, kind of like a college degree, I just kind of dove in and started learning all the things um, and and learned how to be a writer. So now I've got kind of a lot more. Um, so I guess I always wanted to be a writer. I just never knew I could actually write a book because I didn't have the, the instructions. I so. feel like the way you were approaching writing in the beginning is how you're supposed to approach tabletop role-playing games. I'm just saying that that feels like that was the direction you were initially going is, oh, yep. I'm going to make this character do things. <laughs> I See, love that. And then they write them. So, yeah. So then if you're the DM, you're like, no, that's not, that's not part of the story. Yeah, exactly. If you're the game master, you're they like, did that. And now you, you're stuck. You're like, oh, great. Wouldn't that be an oh. amazing uh, podcast though? Like, right. you know, we had drunk history where people get totally trashed and tell history stories what if we had drunk role-playing where either the dm is sober but all the players are trashed oh that would be miserable all the players are sober and the dm is trashed they're actually that would be fun role-playing podcasts they are phenomenal <laughs> i will send them to you they are hysterical thank you i would i would love that yes, <laughs> yes. So i feel like if there's a group and there's someone in charge of them the person in charge is the one that should always be drunk otherwise it's not fun for anyone <laughs> I, I do understand. Speaking as a mom, absolutely. If you, 
if only you could go back in time and tell college me that because I was always the like DD and the sober one and the one taking care of my friends. Well, see, you learned all the things not to do and all the things to do. It's a very smart approach, actually, if you think about it, because the older versions of ourselves are much more able to have the fun without all the side effects. You are a very wise person. This is true. Right. I know. I drink and I know things. This is literally my existence. (laughs) You have that on a shirt because you should. I actually have a shirt that says I drink and I read things. And ah, I drink okay. and I write things. I have both of them. Yeah. Okay. You could have one that says, I drink and I interview authors. Oh, that, that would be a real, f- oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. I'm writing that down on a post-it. I have a lot of post-its on my desk. Oh, the only fee I demand is uh, one shirt. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> done. You're a dragon con. I'll see if I can get them by then. Okay. So. Tracy, you've been a little patient during this little. I've been uh, drinking. Okay, I go. appreciate you. Tell me your warming up. Yeah, warming up, pre gaming. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, how did I get into writing? Yeah. Oh gosh. Um, I think I always I was one of those weird kids that didn't enjoy activities and so I would just draw pictures and make up stories and I did that for as long as I could remember and then when I learned how to type um I learned how to type late actually I learned how to type because I wanted to write um so the typing classes none of that worked but the drive to write a story actually ended up is what taught me how to type um but I started writing in high school um for some reason I was also rejecting fantasy and all the stuff that kids probably should be reading. And I thought I'd jump right into thrillers. I loved thrillers. I couldn't get my hands on enough thrillers. I wanted to read about cops and murders and FBI agents and all these cool things. And so I started writing my own thriller in high school. I didn't want to watch TV, didn't want to go to the movies, didn't want to do any of the normal teen stuff. I wanted to lock myself in my room and write my thriller um so you were borderline serial killer okay continue pretty much. Sorry. yeah I'm Probably. getting I'm getting the vibes I okay yes I do wear a lot of black um mm-hmm. but I probably am on the FBI watch list because it gets better I'm writing this story and it's based in New York it's about a terrorist attack in New York and um centered around this FBI agent who's trying to like figure out where these terrorists are coming from and a building gets blown up Fast forward, September 11th happens. And I'm like, oh, this isn't as fun to write anymore. This is a little bit too real. So I had to table that. Um, But when I was like in the middle of writing that, I was like calling out to the FBI field offices to do my research because I was a serious author when I was like 15. So I was interviewing FBI agents. I had this giant map of New York City in my room. I had pins and all the little locations. I knew where all the police precincts were. And I'm pretty sure the FBI is probably watching me. That's okay. If I told you the number of times I've looked up how what it takes for a body to decompose under certain circumstances, because I write horror in thrillers I have complete certainty I am on many many watch lists and if anybody ever dies around me I'm totally fucked because yeah 
They'll find it and go, she Googled this actually on this search history. I know. I know. Yeah. No, there's no deleting your search history. I I, I worked for a cybersecurity firm. I'm well aware of that. People are like, I'll just, I'll do an incognito window. And I'm like, oh, you're dumb. That's not (laughs) how that works. The only thing that works for is flights. So you can do flights Uh and things, but it's not going to happen anything. Fun fact. If you live in a rural area, just use pigs. If you live near the coast, find an area where you have a lot of tiger sharks. And in all other cases, find a big vat of lye. I'm putting this on this podcast so someone who's listening to this podcast who is interested in that information won't have to get it in their search histories, but they are now aware of it. No, that's true. Um, Here's my biggest advice if you're going to do something dumb. Don't take your fucking cell phone with you. Yes. Like this is number one piece of advice out there. Do not take your cell phone with you. Or if your car has GPS, don't take that car with you. Because wow. they can find it. Anyway, we could we'll we'll sit down and we'll write a true crime. It'll be great. Okay. Um, oh my God. What about a Tracy? What if you wrote a fantasy true crime? That could be fun. I probably should get back to my thriller roots. Now I've embraced all the things I tried to reject when I was, you know, in high school. I'm like, okay, I want the fantasy now. I want the the dragons. I want the creatures. And so I've what come to have kids now. So. Now, Misplaced, yeah, now Misplaced Adventures is embracing all kinds of genres. Why yeah. don't you do it? You should. I should. I should. I'm going to kill things. Yes. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I've, I've killed many things, so I know. Uh, CM, how did you get your start? Um, in writing? Yes, that was the question. Um, so I didn't really read until I was seven because I have an eye thing. Um, a nurse caught that. And then once I started reading, my mother's hopes died because I was no longer going to be a cheerleader. I was going to be a weird bookworm. And she never got over it. And um, then when I was in fourth grade, you know, when you're a kid, like, you mistake handwriting for writing skill. Um, I was doing that. My fourth grade teacher hated reading my work because she uh, she had to put on her glasses and it made her feel old. But she, when we learned how to write a narrative, I remembered I wrote it out, but then I was in the tub that night thinking of ways to expand it and make it even bigger. And uh, when I told her that, she was like, honey, you're supposed to write a short story not a novel and uh I have this very vivid memory of sitting at the table with her while she was reading my story and um just being really 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 nervous about it because I thought I couldn't write because she always complained about my writing and she made a big show of having to put on her glasses and then when she starts reading the story she jumped up and just like let out this ah! cry and I didn't know what the fuck was happening and I was scared that I was in trouble and it turned out she was doing that because she was surprised in a good way and that the that she liked it and she was just taken aback she hadn't expected it um but after that I realized I could write then I saw an almond, uh, a seminar with David Almond and learned I want to write. And after that, that just kind of became a defining thing for me, especially through the teenage years when 
things are, are really rough and you're not happy and you're just constantly looking to escape, um, writing and fantasy and creating stories, particularly uh, WUMP. If, you, if you're familiar with the concept of WUMP, it's a fan fiction concept. No, but this sounds delightful to inform us. Uh, WUMP originated in the Stargate fandom and it was basically torture the character. Be as mean to the character as you can because the idea behind WUMP is you're going to be horrible to this character. You're going to put them through the absolute worst because they're going to make it out the other side. And it's just this profound catharsis you get in the fan fiction. Um, And so you see it in a lot of Stargate fan fictions. It got really big also in this Lord of the Rings buddy cop kind of series called the Melon Chronicles, where just every other fic, either Aragorn, son of Arathorn, or Legolas of Mirkwood were getting tortured, but they were always okay. And I just kind of, I think, latched onto it when I was a teenager because it's like, if they could do this, I can do, I can get through what I'm going through. And so by that point, the idea of creating stories, particularly stories where characters go through awful shit, but they're going to make it to the other side. And even if the story doesn't have a happy ending, they're still going to be okay on some level, kind of got imprinted in me. And so after that, it was just sort of a matter of time. Like it's to the point where it's my whole personality, basically that cat's crocheting and being weird. I feel like the the last thing actually comes first and then everything else comes after. <laughs> I did not discover my love of uh, cats until later. Um, they they were latecomers into the life. I see. I see that. And one has joined us on the podcast. This okay. Is, we yeah. actually have to take a quick break and we will be right back with Drinking with Authors. Hey, listeners. You know me, Eric Lance. You're just listening to me in the podcast that you have. But guess what? I'm doing something new. Yeah, she's joining me, Mark Muncy, the author of the Erie, Florida book series in Erie, Appalachia. And we are hosting a new podcast called Erie Travels. Woo-woo, Erie Travels, which covers things like ghosts, cryptids, weird stuff, UFOs, men in black, all kinds of fun things that people talk about and I'm sure you've discussed with friends. Yep, and you can listen to us on your favorite podcast platform of choice or find us at eerietravels.com and join in the fun and all the spooky goodness. And of course, Mark, what do we always say? We'll see you on the other side. Okay, we are back having many discussions off don't worry. They were fun. Not as fun as this is about to be. So, But we're not allowed to talk about them oh, for legal reasons. Exactly. <laughs> Everybody is on an NDA. Yeah. No, just kidding. No. <laughs> okay. The we're going to do- Demon made her say that. <laughs> she sent me a private thing. was like, say the NDA. No. Um, okay. We are going to do a very fun, because of Misplaced Adventures, literary briefs, rapid fire questions. Are we prepared? We're not. It's okay. No. Let's do this. Cause I didn't give any, I never, I actually have people ask me all the time. Can I have the questions in advance? And I'm like, no, I drink. I don't even know what the questions are going to be. It's fine. <laughs> we'll get there. Okay. Have I had enough to drink for this? Um, I'm not sure. You're going to have to be the judge of that along with the audience. But my question is this, 
who would play the lead character in your guys' stories. But the cool part is with Tracy here, I get to hear whether she agrees or thinks it's somebody else. I like this game. I do too. This is fun. (laughs) I haven't gotten to do this before. So I'm going to make CM go first because she's being a little cocky on the podcast. Just going to say that. (laughs) But you invited me to drink. You did this. Um, It's probably because I have a crush on her, but uh, May Kalamaway from Moon Knight would probably be a good picket. Hmm. Hold on. Wait, what's that name again? May Kalamaway. She played Layla El Fuli on Moon Knight. Like, imagine that, but she has more freckles and she's a mess. Mm. And she could be a good picket. I could see that. I could see that. Okay, but Tracy, would that have been your choice? Oh, there's so many options. You know, I'm not familiar with this actress, so it wouldn't have been my choice because I've just learned about her. So... Okay. I don't really think about who would play. Okay, we'll come back okay. to who you think would play as Jen says who would play her lead. Um, I think Halle Berry would do a good job of it if we're going with people other people might know. Um, she's got kind of uh she could she could do kind of the polite thing, but also the like RBF, like don't don't mess with me kind of vibe um that that Hetty gets into here and there uh later in the books. But okay. I would say Halle Berry. Okay, Tracy, where did we land on Halle Berry being a good choice? I could, yes, I could see that. Younger, though, of course. Yeah, like, yeah. Well, young- what are you talking? She's still like 22, isn't she? I know, I know. She looks like she's 22, so we can mm-hmm. go with that. Um, but- it's because everybody in Hollywood is a vampire. We learned about it on Inside Job. Right. Who would you um, have said, Tracy? I'm trying to think because this is really hard. Um, who? Because I can picture in my head. I can't honestly pick an actress that would fit her. Me neither. I only picked her because that's like the closest I could find. And I could live with that. I could live with that casting decision. Okay. Um, trying to think of the name um, of the person that I kind of pictured picket. Um, there's Googling happening behind the scenes here. Happening. It's, I'm pulling up Google so I can uh, double check it and gasp. I have, um, it's a singer though. It's not an actress. Um, Singers can act sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Do you, watch, do you watch Young Sheldon? No, I need to. I've heard it's so, so good. Mima is the grandma there and I feel like she'd make a good picket. She's just sassy enough to, to just... <laughs> That's she like, would, that's what she, I feel is like going she would to do become. great. Yeah, I can tell. I can tell. <laughs> oh gosh, I'm going to watch that show and go like. You should and, watch, you, you, you do YouTube clips or something of Mima from, from Young Sheldon. And, and I, I have got, seen some of the show and I know exactly right. what you mean. Yeah. All right. Okay. I have the singer's name. Um, it's Alicia Cara, I think is her name. I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. Okay, I I could I could see that, but also like more of a mess. Yes, of course. Yeah. She made up I could see fun. that. I can definitely see that. Yeah, and I can see like those two kind of look alike. So 
honestly, I could probably see Alicia Cara being closer because her hair is not as like more, she's, her hair is not as traditionally curly and Pickett is not going to treat her hair well. Um, so her hair is probably the other type, but it gets frizzier. Um, but her hair still will not look quite this nice. Yeah. Because Alicia Cara takes care of herself and is pretty. <laughs> Well, she has tickets. Yeah, I was going to say they're they're paid to do that. Okay, next question: um, Do you have a playlist for each of your books? And then Tracy, for your books that you write, because I know, do you have a playlist? So the question will start with Jen. Do you have a playlist? I do. It's the same playlist for every book. It's called Super Deep Red Noise, and it is Red Noise Static that plays on a 12-hour loop on YouTube. That is my list for everything. I like it. I like it. Okay, Tracy? Um, I do have a playlist for whatever I'm writing and for my Sarah the Salary Man Slayer. Um, gosh, it's all over the place. I've got uh, Billie Eilish on there. Um, somehow BTS got in there. I'm like, how are you guys good. get in here? I know they're so catchy and annoying. I love them. Um, and then who's the other one in there? Um, I can't remember the other one. There's another one in there, but yeah, mostly Billie Eilish and BTS somehow got in there for Sarah. I could see them. Uh, I, I make a custom playlist for every single book and universe, um, because it's easier than writing, because uh, writing is very hard. Uh, let's see. That's your procrastination. What? No. <laughs> don't do that. What author procrast? Y'all don't procrastinate. Oh, I'm sure. None of us have ever done that. No, I definitely don't use recording podcasts as a procrastination tactic <laughs> for my writing at all. No, none of us do. We're all very professional. And there's definitely not a story about a famous author who had to be locked in a hotel room to feed pages one at a time to his editor underneath because he was so behind schedule. What? <laughs> oh. Um, uh, yeah, I do have several. Uh, I haven't updated the playlist to reflect kind of where the story ended up going because the playlist changes as I write the story and I, I'm a plotter who pantses along the way. So everything changes. Um, I will say one song that has stayed consistent is what the fuck was that from the evil dead musical? I like that. I enjoyed the evil dead musical. A friend of mine got me the uh, front row tickets to it and no! then got himself. I love Evil Dead. I was totally thrilled. But you're going to get so messy. Oh, I was so messy. The best part, though, it made my day, was he got tickets, and he's like, here's your ticket. And I was like, okay, where are we sitting? And he goes, no, you're sitting up front. Because he may, he's like, we need, we're going to need to change your clothes for what we're doing. And I'm like, okay, what are we doing? And then he, <laughs> he made me pack a change of clothes, gave me my ticket, and then sat all the way up in the back. <laughs> was there it was brilliant though I absolutely love that so it's such um, a good musical and I know every word to what the fuck was that I I love that but like you Jen I actually found by a podcast guest because I can't hear words when I'm writing because then right, I start right saying, I'm I'm I will sing every song but that's what I'll do instead of actually typing words so um it's called cryo 
cryotank or something and it's on youtube and it's just noise through the whole it's i love it cryo it's amazing i will have to give that a shot yeah because it's and they do a live streaming which is really just them playing this anyway it's really neat okay um next question if you could be any mythological or fantastical creature what would you be and why cm you're going first Hmm. Not a fae, because fuck that noise. Um, I'm not allowed to switch, am I? Nope. Probably a harpy. Just okay. because if somebody pisses me off, harpies are basically like sirens, but they're birds. I can fly, which is bitchin'. And again, if someone pisses me off, I can just lure them to their death. I like it. What universe of Harpy? I would say the Greek. See, I feel like it's very much a Gina Showalter Harpy that you just described. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, you need to look that up. Because, yes, you'd be much happier being one of those. Gotcha. Close, but a few more abilities. Just throwing that out there. You know, I have a Gina Showalter book on my to-read shelf. I will have to move it up a few notches. I, I would. I They are great, fun reads. Not like I'm going to be immersed in for They're just amazingly fun reads. Okay, Jen, what creature are you going to be? I'm going to be a fox dragon. What is a fox dragon? I've never heard of this. Pretty much. It's something I invented, but it's in a coloring book. And I've got an artist friend that has colored um, one. Um, but... Uh, yeah, it's basically a fox with dragon wings and like sharp teeth and super cute and cuddly until you piss it off. And then also it can fly. So, um, from so, Tanya yeah. Hale's coloring book. Yeah. Tanya, Tanya Hale's story book. Yes. Yeah. She does. She does a, a wonderful baby fox. Is dragon. it the size of a fox though? Like, no, no, it's giant size, dragon sized. Okay. Okay. Cause I was like, you know, <laughs> if you're going to be this big, even with wings and jaws, you're still only mildly terrifying. Right. That would be like really angry chihuahua, which is yeah. only so threatening. So, yeah. No, full but size. No. Dragon size fox. Rattlesnakes are about that size and they're deeply terrifying. So I think. No, rattlesnakes are great. I've been bitten by those. Those are fun. I've eaten those. This is a different story, though. Okay. Tracy, what would you be? Werewolf. Which universe werewolf? Oh, the kind that eat people. Okay. <laughs> Most of them do eat people. I just had this on my other podcast because we came up with which werewolf is the strongest. Do you want to know which one we came up with? Yes. It's from an absolutely terrible movie, but the only thing that can kill it is titanium. Oh, interesting. What movie is this? The Howling 2. I don't think I've seen that. Don't. <laughs> Don't, don't. Yeah. And she has to do, do research. Yeah. I know. If you do, I am literally not responsible for using you losing that time in your existence. It looks amazing, though. Like no, you're, you're going to end up sending me hate mail, even if you enjoy this podcast, if you do that uh, to yourself. Tracy, I can recommend you some really good graphic novels. <laughs> yeah. But anyway, if you do enjoy think Titanium, they're pretty badass. They're the strongest in the worst movie ever in the world. Okay, then what is, um, if you could be any of the characters you have ever written, who would you be? 
We will start with you, Tracy. Oh God. I don't know if I'd want to be any of them. Um, well, you have to choose one. That's I what these questions are. One. You signed a contract. <laughs> All right. If I had to choose one, um, I would probably be um, Gail, who is, she is actually a werewolf and she carries it very well. Um, she walks that line between wolf and woman and she just combines the two and she uses that strength. Um, I would love to be her. I'd feel safe being her. So okay. the other ones, I don't know. I like it. I like it. Okay. Jen, who are you being? Um, how spoilery are we allowed to get? This is just for a short story, so I'm going to spoil it. Um, there was a uh, David Farland tribute anthology from um, from Superstars that's called Of Wizards and Wolves. And I have a story in that about a teenage boy um, who does kind of sleight of hand magic uh, and makes things disappear, but really he sticks it in uh, kind of a, an empty space, sort of a, a alternate dimension portal. Um, and he gets bullied a lot. And at the end of the story, he ends up kind of, there's something in that empty space that hears his kind of like plea for like justice uh, for getting picked on by the, you know, all the jocks. Um, and this, this thing kind of resonates um, superpower and it, and it manifests through the, um, the, the floor there's a an emblem on the basketball court, uh, like a mascot, and it's a wolf. And so he manifests uh, this this giant glowing wolf that's the mascot of the school that um, that's like horse sized, uh, and it terrifies all the kids, and they all run away. And I I think I would like to be that guy. That would be fun. I I like that. I like that. Okay, CM, who are you being? Um, probably Jessica Witters from Iron Spark because she is the least traumatized character of the majority of my main characters. Okay. I like that you went for opposite trauma, not hero arc. You went for what is the least amount of damage that's going to occur to me. I appreciate that. I do. Okay. So final question before we go to shameless self-promotion time, if you could sit down and have lunch with any author, alive or dead, they'd be alive when you were eating with them and not a zombie, but you could sit down and have a lunch with them. Who would it be? Jen. Um, there is an author, gosh, and I'm trying to, to, okay. Jackie Faber. So there's this series called Bloody Jack. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Okay, it's about a girl who dresses up like a boy to join like the Royal Navy's ships or something. I don't like history. I don't like historical fiction. This was a phenomenally done um, teenage girl that's just like, uh, oh, it was so well done. Anyway, L.A. Meyer is the guy that writes it and he's dead now. And I read the series and finished and was like, oh, I got to reach out to this author and say how amazing the books were. And I found out like he passed away a few years before I read the series and I was so so disappointed old dude who wrote like a teenage girl so so well so well like she just is alive in my mind I love her I like that I love that answer okay Tracy what about you um probably Diane Wynn Jones um I really enjoy the fantasy stories that she's created um I read her quite a bit throughout my life without realizing who I was reading until I got older I was like, oh, who wrote that one book that I really loved? Oh, it's her. Um, and then same thing, Jen, like I kind of looked her up because I went through this thing that 
oh, I got to write all my favorite authors to tell them how much they impacted my life. And then I was, I was going through my list. I'm like, they're all dead. This is really sad. So, um, seance I, time. I appreciate that, but yeah. we could do a seance and we could just summon all the there dead authors. Go. There we go. That won't end badly. Oh, no. Ouija board. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, yeah. No, so you don't no. know if you're actually summoning who you think you're summoning. Yeah. We need okay. to have the supernatural, like the Winchesters playing in the background to scare them off. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Fuck that because they like, they love to fuck with the Winchesters. It's like, a, a yeah, king, but they mess with them back. It's like so. a dick measuring contest with them yeah. to see who can fuck over the Winchesters. No, not even. Right. Okay. Well, on that note, CM, who would you go to lunch with? Uh, it's a tie. Um, for the positive experience, I would love to summon J.R.R. Tolkien. Uh, he's been really influential to, I think, my whole generation uh, because the Lord of the Rings movies came out. We all then went and reread The Hobbit, reread Lord of the Rings. His connection to folklore, just being able to read Beowulf and seeing the influences, and the very fact that we know that he was progressive even within his time and learned from his his mistakes was willing to grow I think would mean that he wouldn't necessarily hate talking to someone like me who admired his work uh makes me think that would be a wonderful luncheon um probably prank the waiter uh on the other hand I would love to have lunch with Yukio Mishima so I could order a pot of hot tea and then just Throw it at his fascist ass. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Interesting spin. I I appreciate that. Um, cool. A little violence tempered at the end of our podcast here. Totally awesome though. Um, hopefully Tolkien wouldn't just talk about trees your entire time because then you might hashtag regret that. No, um, I would not regret that. That would be awesome. I would love that. Uh, I'm with you, Erica. Yeah, no. I have a friend that literally teaches Tolkien. She is such a huge Tolkien fan. She's the co-host on the show, J.M. Paquette. I love her. She's one of my best friends. Fuck the amount of trees in that book. No, <laughs> oh, it's 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 wonderful. Okay, Good. you okay. can talk you to and him her, and keep him company. Yeah, can have Good fucking job. tea and talk about the trees. Not interested. I could be the buffer between Tolkien and everyone else because no one else right. wants to hear it. There's entire things. Okay. So shameless self-promotion time. Let's talk a little bit about um, where to find you and what's up and coming on this project. So um, Tracy, we'll start with you, my friend. Yeah. um, My website is tracynakatani.com. And my current work is Sarah, the salary manslayer. It's currently being released on Kindle Vela. um, But once that is finished being released as a serial, um, I will release it as a complete book and start, you know, serializing it that way. Awesome. Awesome sauce. Okay, Jen. Um, you can find me on Facebook. I'm author Jen Bear. You can find me on my website, jenbear.com. Um, I've got a newsletter on there. If you sign up, you get a free short story that was a semifinalist in Writers of the Future contest. Um, and you can find one good eye should be out July 25th of this year. Um, give it a go. It's about a witch and a sentient eyeball, um, having adventures together. So awesome. CM. 
Um, my name is Sia McGuire, and my my website is s e e e m m c g u i r e dot com. I thought it would be fun to spell it phonetically. That's also my handle on Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. And, Wonder Bar, and your book uh, is Beer for My Corpses. I think it's coming out next year. Tracy, is it coming out next year? Think so? Yeah. I am sure your website's going to keep everybody up to date on that, right? Absolutely. I'm a professional who definitely does that. Definitely going to do that. And if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll definitely be kept up to date because, of course, you have a newsletter. Absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. For sure. Awesome. It has been so much fun having everyone on the show today. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having us. Yeah, super fun. This is very, very fun. It's like having some drinks with the girls. I love it. Okay. So this has been Drinking With Authors. I have been your host, Erica Lance. We've had the amazing group from Misplaced Adventures. And don't forget to like and subscribe, leave reviews, leave comments. We love all of that. And we will catch you next time.